0: Hi, welcome to the Emotional Stuff Podcast, hosted by Dr. Marcus Motley, clinical psychologist and positive psychology coach. Here you'll get powerful stories, techniques, strategies, tips, and targeted recommendations on how to effectively deal with anger, sadness, grief, anxiety, jealousy, fear, and other minor, major, intensely difficult, and disempowering emotions. Listen to the Emotional Stuff podcast, read our blog, and begin to heal your hurt, manage your emotions, deal effectively with difficult people, handle stress better, and fully empower yourself to change and grow in the ways that you really want to. Dr. Motley helps you to remove the emotional chains that are shackling you.
1: Hello, this is Marcus Motley with another episode of the Emotional Stuff Podcast. This is a show where we discuss the best tips, techniques, and strategies on how to deal with your emotional stuff. We talk about how not to let your emotional stuff derail you, or deter you, or put you on a detour from your destiny, or weaken your resolve to maximize your potential. And most importantly, we talk about how to use your emotions to empower yourself, to connect with others, to make positive changes, and to get what you deeply desire from your life. In this podcast, I propose that leaders at every level of an organization need coaching and training on emotional intelligence and emotional competence. Why am I speaking on this? Well, over the last seven years, I've coached executives from the United States, Europe, and Asia. Even more specifically, I've coached almost 150 public sector leaders from 12 countries in the Caribbean region. During this time, I've also trained and presented to hundreds of leaders at every level of organizations from around the world. The results? Well, I found that when these executives were exposed to emotional intelligence and emotional competence training, their performance and productivity increased exponentially, and the results of their teams and departments improved greatly, sometimes beyond expectations. So why focus on coaching and why focus on emotional intelligence and competence? Well, according to the Center for Creative Leadership, 75% of careers are derailed for reasons related to emotional competencies, including inability to handle interpersonal problems, unsatisfactory team leadership during times of difficulty or conflict, or inability to adapt to change or elicit trust and Emotional intelligence expert Daniel Goldman wrote that, In general, the higher the position in an organization, the more emotional intelligence mattered. For individuals in leadership positions, 85% of their competencies were in the emotional intelligence domain. Research shows that for jobs of all kinds, emotional intelligence is twice as important an ingredient of outstanding performance as cognitive ability and technical skill combined. Imagine that. Let me say that again. Emotional intelligence is twice as important an ingredient of outstanding performance as is cognitive ability and technical skill combined together. According to an article written by professors at Georgetown University in Washington, D.C., leadership coaching is needed today more than ever as a critical tool for organizational change. Increasingly, in today's challenging public and private sector environment, almost all leaders indicate that they do not only want coaching, but they need it. The question is, why? Another article in Psychology Today may point to the answers. It was proposed that because of increased global competitiveness, challenging cultural dynamics, the downward trajectories in the economic environment, increased organizational turmoil, and the astronomically high levels of stress, the success rate and longevity of today's top executives is now vastly different than that of their counterparts a generation ago. In other words, top leaders can now expect less managerial success and shorter careers than their predecessors. In the past two decades, 30% of Fortune 500 CEOs have lasted less than three years in their positions. Top executive failure rates are as high as 75% and are rarely less than 30%. Chief executives are now lasting 7.6 years on a global average, which is down from 9.5 years in 1995. And according to the Harvard Business Review, two out of five new CEOs fail in their first 18 months on the job. It appears that the major reason for the failure has nothing to do with technical skill or knowledge or experience, but rather with a leadership style which may be out of touch with the changing leadership environment in modern times. In a recent article that I wrote, entitled Why Today's Leaders Need Emotional Intelligence Coaching, I said that the bottom line is that leaders of small and large public or private sector organizations need help. And the kind of help they need is not in the technical arena, where many of them are quite technically competent, highly skilled, and very experienced in their specific fields. So the help they need is in the area popularly called soft skills, which involves topical areas such as interpersonal communication and relational skills, influencing and motivational skills, responding effectively to stress, change, and challenge, making decisions and solving problems without being unduly influenced by their feelings, calmly controlling their emotional impulses to act one way or the other, developing awareness of and managing their own emotions, and dealing effectively with the emotions of others. This list of topical areas essentially underpin and highlight the importance of enhancing the emotional intelligence and competence of leaders everywhere. So as a result, some modern leadership training programs make an attempt to enhance some aspect of the emotional quotient of leaders, usually under the rubric of social, interpersonal, or soft skills training. The rationale for this is that whereas IQ is very hard to change, emotional quotient can increase with deliberate practice and training. And according to some researchers and business leaders, emotional intelligence is one of the more underrated business skills that need to be given more attention. Daniel Goldman refers to emotional intelligence as the capacity for recognizing our own feelings and those of others, for motivating ourselves, and for managing emotions well in ourselves and in our relationships. Furthermore, breakthroughs in brain research also show how leaders' moods and actions have enormous impact on those they lead. A leader's emotions can either energize or deflate an entire organization. As a matter of fact, it can positively or negatively impact an entire country. Good leaders make people feel good in bad times by helping them deal with negative emotions and by nourishing their positive ones so that they can do what they have to do to move forward and progress. Thus, a leader's mood has the ability to inspire, to arouse passion and enthusiasm, and to keep people motivated and committed. A leader's mood can also have the opposite impact on some people. Leaders who possess high levels of emotional intelligence and competence are adept at inducing desirable responses in others and are able to capture the discretionary energy of employees, which can impact the organization's performance. Now, when we say impact an organization, we are using these soft skills to impact hard data as measured by revenues, profits, and other targeted results. Emotional leadership is the spark that ignites a company's performance, creating a bonfire of success, or conversely, a landscape of ashes. This from Daniel Goldman in his book, Primal Leadership. Now, research has shown that a critical mass of emotional intelligence capabilities has significant benefits to the bottom line by as much as 28%. There is no question, then, that there is a link between a company's success and the emotional intelligence of its leaders. In another study reported in the Business Case for Emotional Intelligence, researchers looked at which of the three competencies best predict leadership performance – While intellectual competence indicated a 9.2% predictability of leadership performance and managerial skills and knowledge showed a 10.4% predictability score, emotional intelligence indicated a 13% score of predictability of leadership performance and productivity. Now, this podcast is heavily loaded with quotations because I want you to listen to and understand that these are not just my opinions. These are the studied findings of world-renowned researchers and academics. So, in this context, what is leadership? A leading scholar in leadership studies, Joanne Siula, indicates that leadership is not a personal position. It is a complex moral relationship between people based on trust, obligation, commitment, emotion, and a shared vision of the good. Another leader defines leadership as the ability to inspire motivation in others to move to a desirable vision. And many years ago, American businessman and founder of Firestone Tyres, Harvey S. Firestone, stated, the growth and development of people is the highest calling of leadership. Thus, an organization's drive to foster leadership development at all levels is in keeping with the best practices of leading institutions around the world. Furthermore, there is broad consensus on the requisite types of trainings that are needed to prepare leaders, managers, and staff to deal with the current challenges they face and those that are emerging. Leaders in every arena of business are finding that high levels of emotional intelligence are key to business success. In an article entitled, Eight Traits That Make a Successful Leader in Hospitality, Deborah Punke listed several emotional intelligence skills, including social and emotional intelligence, positive attitudes, empathy, and the flexibility. This demonstrates the growing recognition among thought leaders in the tourism and other sectors of the need to train leaders in emotional intelligence. And according to international Ukraine management expert Warren Bennis, leadership is the ability to translate vision into, into reality. Now, this is a key factor in both public and private sector organizations where, while the overarching vision may be set at the policy level, it is the leadership at the organizational level which must design and develop the objectives and tasks to achieve the vision. And leaders then depend on staff to deliver the vision. Leaders don't do the work. They lead from above. They inspire. They motivate. They relate and communicate. In other words, they connect with staff at the emotional levels so that the job gets done. Not only is emotional intelligence key to leaders in private sector corporations, it is probably most important in the public sector. It is important to today's leaders whose mission it is to preserve a nation's physical, natural and historic resources, for example. It is important to political leaders who face a daunting task in leading the people of their country out of the global quagmire that most developing countries face. It is crucial to leaders at every level of government who have the unenvying task of leading a workforce who may be emotionally unprepared and ill-equipped to function at the levels needed. They all face a world of geopolitical uncertainty, a globalized economy, Near and distant competitors who try to attract the same global and regional customers, they face changing customer behaviors and profiles, and a global scale technological and digitalization that is radically impacting everyone at every level with everything that we do. The challenge for leaders at every level, everywhere is to have the competencies to deal with these unrelenting and increasing challenges by artfully using their emotions, rather than letting their emotions use and control them. Now, we talk about leaders. First of all, what do I mean by leaders? I mean anyone who supervises, manages, or directs people. If you supervise one person, then you are in a leadership position. By leaders, I mean people leadership. I don't mean those who are at the forefront of an idea like Einstein or Tesla or the Wright Brothers. I don't mean someone who is a thought leader or someone who is a project leader. Of course, some thought leaders and project leaders could and probably will have people whom they supervise. So in those cases, I'm referring only to that part of their portfolio that has to do with leading, directing, and supervising their people. Now, some people don't consider themselves a leader. And can the recommendations in this podcast be used by others? Absolutely. Yes, indeed. These ideas, strategies, and techniques have been applied by teachers, who are leaders in the classroom, parents, who are leaders in the home, and they have been used by people in various types of non-supervisory relationships. So, for example, sports team members, members in political parties, members of a cabinet, actors on a movie set, members of project teams, and many other groups of people who are tasked with working together. So are you a parent? Yes? Then I'm sure that you are playing a leadership role at home and in your community. Your kids look up to you and depend on you. Other family members rely on you to play your role within the family, to lead in whatever your responsibilities are. As a matter of fact, this may be the greatest and most important leadership role that you have. And there may be other leadership positions where emotional competence is crucial and definitely at times critical. So who else can benefit? Well, remember the pilot of the aircraft who decided to land the aircraft in the middle of the Hudson River? Captain Sully? Well, yes, he was the leader on that airplane. But it was not his leadership of people that was important first of all here. It was his ability to make a clear-headed decision under what must have been a very stressful, life-threatening situation for him and for over 100 passengers. It was a scary, anxiety-producing experience. Imagine the feelings and the emotions that must have been percolating through him. Yet, he was able to skillfully land the plane and save many lives that day. In addition to his obvious skill as an experienced pilot, that must have taken some other key skill sets. A skill set to control his emotions and not let them impact his actions and behaviours. Another obvious skill set was the ability to think and process clearly and make the best decision, even in the face of an opposing viewpoint from experts on the ground. A skill set to make clear-headed calculations regarding wind speed approach, attention to his instruments, etc. A skill set to calm his nerves, to have a steady hand. A skill set to put aside the negative what-ifs and potentially negative outcomes. And after the plane landed, skill sets that now involved leading people, passengers and crew, to ensure that they exited the plane in an orderly and safe manner. And while doing all of that, to demonstrate a calm, resolute and positive demeanor that sent the message, we can do this. Yes, we can. The skill set that most people pay attention to, however, was that he was able to land the plane on the river. This, of course, was no simple skill. It would have taken every bit of his many years of experience to do this. As the captain, he was truly the leader of a ship. When any ship is in trouble, everyone turns to the captain for leadership. I think, though, as I outlined above, the greatest skill display was in the area of emotional competence. Now, if you didn't get my reference above, let me spell it out and make it obvious. Each use of the word skill is a reference to competence. Now, in a previous podcast, I discussed why we should move from emotional intelligence to emotional competence. So I suggest that when you have some time, please listen to that episode. So what about you? Whatever facet of leadership you are involved in, whether it is people leadership or situational leadership, think about how enhancing your emotional competence can improve your leadership results.
0: Hi, thanks for listening to another episode of the Emotional Stuff Podcast, hosted by Dr. Marcus Motley. Listen, if you need private, personalized information, techniques, or strategies that are designed specifically to help you or a friend or a loved one, then please contact Dr. Motley at hotmail.com. That's M-P-O-W-E-R-M-E at hotmail.com. Or go to the website at EmotionalStuff.com, emotional f.com and leave a private comment or make a specific confidential request. Remember, you can always contact Dr. Motley for private and confidential coaching and counseling assistance.